Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Archangel Studios proudly brings to you its undisputed podcast, Champions of the World, at Brian Rampa, at Don Buffalo 55, the BS Wrestling Report. It is the week of March 18th, 2014, and this week on the show, we're going to talk about the latest episode of the WWE Countdown on the WWE Network. We're going to discuss the Hall of Fame inductions, uh, our Superstar of the Week, our Old School Moment of the Week, our Fan Question of the Week. Yes, we have a fan, actually. I can't believe it. And we will also be recapping the most recent episode of Monday Night Raw. But first, I need to take a moment. As Brian mentioned, we have a sponsor, uh, Jesse Lambert of Archangel Studios. You can find him at Facebook.com slash Archangel Studios. And on Twitter, our angel photo. This is one hell of a human being, a very legit uh, photographer. He's done f- photographs for such acts as uh, the Cottonmouth Kings, Insane Clown Posse, you know, Twisted, Potluck, Tech Nine. So do yourself a favor, head over to his Facebook and his Twitter, check him out, tell him Steve sent you, he'll hook you up. show the thing that caught my eye was mike mazanian the miz was kind of preaching some truth that caught my eye he was talking about uh people don't want to see a uh part-time hollywood guy come back and be inserted into a wwe championship match now it wasn't verbatim what the man said but that was basically you know a basic gist of what he said and i i I thought it was absolutely wonderful someone now do you find so I'm, i'm assuming you 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 side with that, and you believe in the uh, the the Miz's preachings there. Oh, yeah, firmly, firmly. Now, not getting out of order of the recap here on Raw, but do you think that set a prelude to things that were to come here in the opening segments? Basically, um, jumping, we're jumping into the did. pre. Well, I mean, we can jump right into it. the The opening segments was uh, Triple H coming out and complaining and uh, about the Occupy Raw movement from last week. Rant and Raven with um, you had. Uh, would you have RKO and Batista in the ring there? Yeah, good old Randall Keith Orton Badista. and Batista. I mean, and then, you know, they go through uh, their whole ranting and raving um, back and forth, and then, you know, Triple H throws himself into the three-way match. So no matter what, there's going to be a three-way match um, for the title at Mania, whether it's Brian um, or Hunter. So... Um, and just before he steps out of the ring, he's pointing. He's out of the. He's out on the apron, and he's pointing, and he's yelling and screaming, and he's going off saying that, you know, they that he's sick of part time. He basically used that same quote that he's sick of part time. Yep. Um, Hollywood, Hollywood movie stars movie coming stars back, that. looking for uh, coming into his business, basically. And um, he looked at uh, Randy and said. Kid, you have it all, but you need to stop. Now, do you think there's whining. any truth to those comments, or do you think it's just all a work? Do you think there's any shooting inside that? Um, I think it is. I think Triple H became the quote unquote voice of the voiceless just for that one. And I saw that moment. old school Triple H come out for a minute that, uh, you know, not this character, but the, the I think the man. 
Yeah, and he kind of also, like I just said, spoke for the fans as well because I know I've been saying it. I'm sick, you know, of Batista doesn't deserve to be where he's at. Not right off, not right off the, not right off the rip. And yeah, Randy's character on TV cries a bit, but the people are yes. saying that that you know Randy cries and Dave doesn't deserve it. But I think if the people think it's going to be a three-way match, they're freaking stupid. Oh, what do that Triple H is actually going to make it to the three-way match? No, it's going to be, be a four-way four match. I say that because Raw last week when uh, good old Stephanie McMahon was on a rant. You know, this was my company from day one. My great grandfather, my grandfather, then me. She skipped one Who's person. That? She didn't say it was my father, then me. Good old Vinnie Mac himself. Once Triple H wins at WrestleMania, Vinnie Mac will make his face be will show his, his face and make, you know what photo op. His yeah, his, he's gonna have his Undertaker moment. And he's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to show you who still is the BSD around here. I run this. Daniel Bryan is in the title match. That, that's Steve, so Steve's prediction be, for Mania ahead. there. Boom, right there. Set it in stone. Fatal four-way match. Either way, no matter what, Daniel Bryan is walking out with the title. Now, he's getting his moment. It sounded like you said Set he's getting his mullet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that now, too. With, when they had this segment with the, with the three of them in the ring there... Um, kind of trading quips going back and forth at each other. Do you think that um, Randy Orton's, the way that he addressed uh, Batista using the no one cares, no one cared when you left, people cared even less when you came back, do you think that was a, do you think that was WWE's way of pulling the power from the fans, uh, creating almost like that Eminem eight-mile moment where he's making fun of himself before you have a chance to make fun of them because the fans are already saying it, and if they address it on TV, it's going to take the fun away from it now? Yes. I, I agree 100%. I mean, it's hard It's hard to disagree that when I've been I've been wanting it to be acted yeah. out on, on the show, so I can't really argue I mean, it. That's just, I mean, that's I, the way I, I took I it. Yes. You know, you're, always, you're always wondering if how, how, what kind of... They're watching the internet. They're on. They're keeping up on this real life thing. So they gotta take the power away from the fans, so they can control how their show is gonna yes. move and how things are gonna act here. Yes. So, yes. And then, so that was over. It really wasn't that exciting, if you ask me. The first first couple minutes, it was what it was. You know, he's technically gifted. No one cares that Batista came. Mm-hmm. All the stuff we already knew. Didn't really want to push. Um, yep. Moving to the first match, the Usos and the Real Americans. <sighs> Oh, the Usos. Love, love the Usos. Love I'm with you on the Usos. I'm also with you, though. I like the Real American, the Real Americans, but just because I think I'm on the bandwagon of Cesaro. Oh, drinking the Cesaro I also, I'm also kind of digging oh. so much. I don't know if it's because of that last interview I read with or um, listened to on the podcast with Steve Austin with, uh, you know, good old Dirty Dutch Mantel himself, you know. I don't know if I'm in, uh, like, because I kind of like... I was, I was kind of digging his character, who he was, what he was talking about, the way he got down, and I I, I get what he's doing, and uh-huh. maybe I kind of I think I like him as a uh, as the manager, as their mouthpiece, if you will. Um, yeah, because Swagger has his lisp, and um, Cesaro he speaks kind of broken English, so it's he. I think it's kind of hard for him to uh, be that mouthpiece right I'm going now. You have to give the holy shit moment of. That match, I think of actually all of Raw, to the diving. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. When the Usos are in the ring, I get confused on which one's Jimmy or Jay. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. I got I got to pay attention to the face paint. Which one's got on the left? Which one's got on the right? Or yeah, or the something. tattoos I gotta figure or something. something. Yeah. One of those Usos boys go flying over the ring. One dives on Jack. The other one hits the ropes. Go, go Ooh, and right get that chops. dive. And Cesaro comes from out of nowhere. He looked like Johnny Cage with that uppercut from Mortal Kombat 2. And just just nailed him. I don't know. I thought that was impressive. Then he came in and just gave him that, uh, gave him his finisher there and wrapped up the match with that neutralizer. But I don't know. I thought that was killer. Dude, he caught him right in the chops. And if you look at the replay... Um, you can just see, you know, you almost can see like the lights go out. He caught him clean, you know, with that bend of his elbow right in the chin. It was, it was you know, almost like poetry yeah. in motion. That's a, that's a hell of a spot uh, to catch. And, like, man. just to sound like, I don't know, man. He came out and, ooh, ooh, they sold that. That that freaking quick, and that ended the match. It kind of doesn't make sense because they had the, the, the Cesaro and, and the swag man, you know, Button heads, you know, like setting up a match against each other. Now they're united as a tag team. I, 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 I don't get it. Please, Vince. Please, Vince. Just calm your ADD down. Focus on one storyline at a time. There, Vinny. Please, Vince, help me out, buddy. And that match, all in all, was an entertaining match. I sat there and was able to follow, you know, and stay involved and feel, you know, mm-hmm. invested in it basically by the uh, the whole match. Yep. So. Next match we got coming up was the uh, well, there was a Kane backstage moment uh, going over the shield, oh, and man. all that stuff. Uh, oh, those guys! Are awesome. Moving into the next match was Sheamus and Titus O'Neil. Oh, friggin' yeah, Titus O'Neil, Pancake Patterson's <laughs> nephew, Pancake, <laughs> Flattened <laughs> fools, um. Uh, what about it? I didn't, I didn't think. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think much of it because honestly, Sherman kind of Sherman kind of bores me. Sherman, I love that you call him Sherman. Um, I'm gonna have I, to go with uh, the best parts of the match. To me, um, was I think kind of the bringing Christian. Uh, the, I think Christian was the best part of the match, and he wasn't even in the ring. His his commentary. Oh, his commentary. His was commentary was on fire, man. He's <laughs> he's just him ripping up JBL and just. Oh, man, dude, those two are battling back and forth, man. Christian and JBL. JBL has me rolling <laughs> all the time, dude. That guy is freaking awesome. I'm glad they got but, him. Yeah. So I mean, all in all, that match was uh, you know, a one out of ten, maybe. <laughs> We, we do have some uh, late-breaking news. Um, according to the Internet, this should not be confused with the Internet Rumor of the Week. <laughs> I just read this. Uh, Steve Borden. Also known as Sting. Has inked a deal. No way. And there's many inside the WWE believe he will be at WrestleMania, debuted on Mania. Are they going to change his character? WWE's famous for that one. Uh, that one you kind of can't. <laughs> but the, the, the Stinger, um, as of right now, uh, uh, I'll cross-reference some sources, but it looks like the Stinger is uh, officially uh Spoiler here. alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're looking to be excited... Keep listening, but just shut your ears off for a minute. We want we want the downloads. 
So let's get back into Raw. Just right, to well, throw that out important. there. We, we can uh, we'll touch on that here in a little bit. Um, Sheamus wins the match. Is interviewed by Renee Young. He's gonna throw himself in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal Memorial thing. Um, that kill switch on the floor though was off the chart. Like, yeah, yeah, Christian, man, dude, that guy, he gets a crappy. Oh, fuck it, Christian gets a shitty rap all the time, but that dude's damn good. I am a peep. <laughs> he officially yeah, there's something, something, something there. I'm not sure whether or not utilizing him a little stronger, but so now we move into. And I know you were a fan of this. I saw you tweeting about it last night. John Cena, Bray Wyatt promos in the ring. Oh, man. Cena and Wyatt, dude. When, 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 dude, first of all, when Bray Wyatt said you're going to run home to your plastic girlfriend in your be- your giant castle, I damn near pissed myself from yep. laughing. Dude, that was. He does have oh, a hell of wow. a delivery to him. I was reading on Twitter today. It was uh, Mankind, McFoley, whatever you want to call him, was stating that he's better at that Bray Wyatt's better at being mankind than mankind is being at mankind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That guy is, uh, that guy, man. His daddy. Well, it's funny, and well. his dad kind of sucked on the mic. Well, you don't. Yeah, but his partner well, yeah, was I good. Mean, for those of you that don't know, his father was uh, Erwin R. Scheister, IRS, Mike Rotunda. Part of the, of the varsity, varsity crew. crew. We're going to go back to our old WCW days. Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Wall WCW. Street himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, that dude, Cena, that guy, people hate on Cena. I get it. I, I mean, I understand I'm not five years old, so I'm not going to run out and buy a T-shirt. Um, but Bray Wyatt did show me the scariest thing I've seen what in a that? very long time. A grown man wearing a John <laughs> Cena shirt. <laughs> Uh, but Cena, that guy, he's 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 the he's the number one guy in the company. I understand it. I get it. No matter how many people want to say Daniel Bryan is, no, it's John Cena, and it will be till he hangs up his his Reeboks and his shorts. Um, now, uh, how are you feeling? That are they now? Are they putting Cena? Do you feel they're putting Cena with Bray Wyatt to elevate Bray Wyatt, or do you feel that Bray Wyatt's they're feeling that he's already ready for a match of this caliber um, with a man such as himself as John Cena been running around the business or in WWE's business for 15 years run around wrestling business for over 20 I'm assuming by now um, do you feel that Bray like I said they're trying to bring him up and sh- or do you think they're just trying to utilize him uh, if they're trying to utilize him I think they'd stick him with someone like Sherman that's Seamus for people who weren't paying attention to Brian <laughs> earlier uh, I think they have incredibly big things planned for for Mr. Wyatt, and I am very eager to see where they go. Now, if if he doesn't win at Mania, he it's it's all for not. He has he Cena has to put him over. I th- or else the character development. I is think shit. that that putting Bray in a match with John Cena, what you're going to get out of this is you're going to get somebody. Um. You know, he's, Bray Wyatt's never been in a match of this caliber. Now, he's not main eventing WrestleMania, but he's in a match with John Cena at WrestleMania, which, which, yes. um, what, last year headlined it and it wasn't, or two years ago headlined it and it wasn't even for the title? Uh, Cena headlined, yes, that one. He headlined <laughs> last year. He, uh, 
what, 23, you know what I'm saying? 24. He's headlining WrestleMania, he's not for the title. So you're putting Bray Wyatt, this, basically, we'll call him a young kid. He hasn't been in the, you know, in this level of wrestling. But I think what they're no, doing is they can put him up in here within this match, and they can be able to hide a few things, maybe hide a few flaws, um, and Cena can control the crowd a little bit, and they can they can spoon-feed this one to the crowd um, for the reactions. You know, they can sell it, and I think they're putting him in there with a ring general of Cena that can call a match and make things happen. Uh, make On a the match, fly, yeah. You know, in a caliber with, you know, what, 80,000 people or something is probably going to be there. It's it's Superdome is is pretty it's pretty massive. Uh, uh, for the record, Bray Wyatt is twenty six years old. Yeah, see, I, I mean, Jesus, um, he's only two, he's twenty six. You know, yeah. he's in this match. I just think I think there's it's twofold. I think they see a lot of talent in him, and if you don't see the talent, I think you're high. Um, but I th- I think that you know they can put him in there with a man of John Cena's caliber that can kind of run with the match. Uh, I mean, his promos are you know. On point, I think. I think Bray's promos could hide his hide his matches. Like he could go in there and cut a promo on you, and basically do a finger poke of death, and you would be you'd put him over, just because he. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say say, say, I'm I'm no I'm no expert of of never been in it my life, (laughs) but uh, me neither. I've been near one, never in one. Um, but I've no, I haven't seen any flaws in his game. No, no. I and again, you know, as we discussed, I hate to hate to always agree, but you know, when we when things are right, they're just right, and you know, Bray Wyatt's working, and it makes sense. The stars are aligned on Mr. Wyatt. Yes. Next match, we move into Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton in a no DQ match. I kind of saw how this one was going to end, but now that you brought it up. My mind just turned of blank. what happened. So I'll just say yes, yes. yes. Um, the only thing yeah. that I have, I was kind of, I was watching it, making some mental notes, watching it, and it was the first thing that I thought was hilarious, or not hilarious, I guess, but out of the ordinary. I noticed. I'm not sure if it was meant to happen or not, but Randy did not clear off the announce table before he gave Daniel Bryan a backdrop onto it. And I was just going to say, if you listen closely, you can see, uh, you can, well, if you listen closely, you can hear the King say, are you okay? Are you okay? And then I was going to say, you can also see Daniel Bryan really kind of holding on to his back there or something. It looked like, um, thinking he got a little, might've been a little spot there that wasn't supposed to go as planned or that didn't go as planned. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it looked, it looked pretty, pretty painful. Um, they, I know they got this fake Daniel Bryan shoulder injury thing they're trying to play off. That's getting old. They've done that, what, a month and a half ago where he was injured? Let's, let's Let's move on. Hold on a second. What? What? All right, I'll edit that out. What there was do? just a uh, a weird thing played while I was on here, one of these weird ads in the corner. Oh, okay. So um, they're, they're playing off this stupid um, shoulder injury again for the guy. Um, but, I, I mean, no DQ. You kind of knew Batista was going to get involved. I'm surprised, you know, Hunter himself didn't come down. So overall, this match well, kind of stunk to me. I think that they sh- they could have sold um, – yeah, they could have got something more – some some more visual with it. Um, 
I saw that you know Batista came in. He came out of nowhere, but they could have maybe shot the had the camera shoot back to the ramp or something to show you know uh, him moving down the ramp slowly, either creeping in or show him coming through the crowd. But there, it it happened so fast, I I almost missed him. I just think they mm-hmm. they could have they could have shown something like in, in production. Uh, they could have aimed, aimed, angled this a little better. I, you know, watching it on TV, I don't know if they were just off kilt if something wasn't supposed to happen the way it did, but it just was what it was. And it's hard to miss Batista and his skinny jeans. No. For the love of my- fucking God, <laughs> go to the Lucky Store and buy some damn jeans. <laughs> now, my question, and this isn't my question of the week, but my question for you watching a no disqualification match is I want to know why does WWE store so many kendo sticks under the ring if they don't want them to be used? I- I think they're expecting the Sandman <laughs> to jump out of the crowd and beat the shit out of some people smoking a Marlboro and carrying a six pack of Bud Light or, or Bud Light. That's what I swinging a Singapore cane around. I just always laugh at that because the announcers they sell it so terribly that it just you just get so angry because they're going, "He's got a kendo." It's like, "Yeah, he's got a kendo stick. It was under the ring." <laughs> You know, there's probably a fork, a toothbrush, and Jimmy Hoffa <laughs> under the ring, too. So, again, this match, to me, I'm going to be honest with you, was boring. I didn't, even though it was no DQ, I didn't, yes. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get behind it. It just was what it was to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 uh, sadly agree. Like, like I said, the Batista in the skinny jeans killed it for me. Then I guess that brings us to Paul what, Heyman. Paul Heyman? Now, Paul Heyman. If watching this Paul Heyman... Uh, what do you want to call it, a promo? Um, yeah, you know, he spoke. This, I mean, he was basically playing the uh, the Don King of the WWE and selling this match, right? They put together the whole thing. I don't know, it kind of gets me excited listening. The, the Heyman's got that, you hate to sound cliche, but he's got that, I don't know what, if what you want to call it, that cult leader kind of speak to him where when I listen to him, I want to follow him for some reason, follow him off a cliff. <laughs> in, in the professional world, we call that a good salesman. Yeah, he's he's got that he's got that salesman. Did he now the question of the question is, did he sell you? Did he sell Steve on this match? No. I, Still no. Why are you saying no? Cuz I'm 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 kind of getting excited about it. It kind of built up a little anticipation for me. Brock Lesnar comes in, Brock Lesnar beats up Taker. Taker fights back, Brock Lesnar F5s, Taker kicks out. Brock goes, "Oh my god, what do I do?" Hell's Gate, the end. Street goes on. That's a, that, that's that, that's your match. That's my match in a nutshell. All right. Well, I'm I'm seeing. I just they get me. I'm just hoping that I don't get too excited um, about something that could possibly be a moment. Um, what was the last? Because the last Taker match that I was at a WrestleMania that I was fully invested in, and I don't even know why I was fully invested in it, but just the moment the was him and Triple H. Not the not the one I can't remember the year though off the top of my head. Not the I, one in the cage. I know the one, one before that. You going with the one before that? Um, I liked WrestleMania 17 in Houston when Taker had the American Badass gimmick and he faced um, at that time a long-haired Triple H. Was, I hated the American Badass gimmick. Loved it, dude. He came down. I on those hated bikes. that. Oh, you, you you know what? Well, how did he go from like? cremating people and building coffins all of a sudden he's riding a motorcycle and he had nothing to do with a, <laughs> being an undertaker. You know, he got a he got a career change on Craigslist or something. I don't know. I didn't ask him. Why wasn't his manager Harley Davidson then instead of Paul Bearer anymore? Like, uh, because why did they, they just go for the full gimmick? 
they, they should have. Maybe, you know, they couldn't find a guy that to dress up as a motorcycle. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have these answers. But the WrestleMania 17 match with him and Trips, I really loved. Last year's match at the cage, I just, I knew what was going to happen. The last year wasn't him in the cage, was it? Yeah, it was. Better have been. Oh. I got my I get my manias all jobbled up because they fought him and Triple H fought so many times and then him and Shawn Michaels fought and I get confused on which one was which but the oh yeah that was the you're right you're right last year was a cage yeah and then yeah yeah so I get confused on my what year it all happened they all kind of blend together yeah I'm I mean I, I mean Taker it will go down as the best big man ever people can say Andre the Giant no Andre the Giant couldn't walk halfway across the top rope while holding some other doofus's arm. Doofuses, dude. Taker is the best big man ever. Hands. What up. about Giant Gonzalez? I stand corrected. <laughs> him, him, him and his fake hair suit. They. Uh, speaking of which, they had a match at WrestleMania Nine. They Las, did Las Vegas, Nevada, Caesar's Palace, the world's largest "quote unquote" toga party. <laughs> Bobby the Brain came out backwards on a camel. Oh, Bobby the Brain. Speaking of backwards on a camel, um. That brings us to our next match. What we got there? Uh, Gold DZ and the Fang Dango. I'm I I'm gonna be honest with you. I was more invested in this match than I was the no key no DQ match. Yeah, dude, dude, Johnny Curtis Fandango. That guy, that guy is athletically gifted, and if he wasn't stuck in the shit ass Disco Inferno version <laughs> two gimmick. <laughs> I mean, other other than Summer Rae, the gimmick sucks, dude. They just need to let him, you know, you know. They need to slowly to phase out of it and you know get it get it onto his own. And I don't know if they can change his name at all. I mean, they got away with changing, uh, was it Mercury into what's his name there? Oh uh, no, not, uh, uh, Johnny Morrison. Nitro or Morrison. Yeah. yeah, he turned into him from uh, whatever his, his name is to Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. Nitro to John Morrison or whatever. Yeah, Jim Morrison, same thing. <laughs> they they got away with that transition, um, but you know it is what it is. I'm not sure, but yeah, the Fandango thing. But you know, also mind you, we're also we're not gonna defend a guy who paints himself gold and says he was a movie star. Like that's a good gimmick, but for some reason that one gets over though. <laughs> uh, I think it's just the nostalgia of it. Of I, I, I say that because like Goldust, you know. Let's see. I'm let's see. I'm 33 now. Goldust was around when I was what 15. So, yeah. He he's, he stood the stood the ta- hands of time. He came in in a very gimmick infested era though too. Yeah, that um, that's kind of funny you bring that up because um, after this this match, which I'm not gonna lie, I took a break from Raw. Uh, I come back and I see uh, Glenn Jacobs Kane on my TV. Yes, Kane. And he was uh, you know, basically. Now there's a man that's seen like. 42 gimmicks. Isaac Yankum, fake Diesel, Kane. Um, Wasn't he one of the fake Undertakers? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Go ahead, yeah. But even as Kane, I'm not even, I wasn't even going to go back that far. I'm just going to talk about the Canes that we've seen. The, oh, we got a mask. The Kane, mask. the Kane with a mask, without a mask, with hair, without hair. He can only talk through his cancer kazoo. He oh, can only. Yeah. Like he smoked 100 cigarettes a day. Yeah. Hello, my name is Kane. You know, that guy. <laughs> He's uh, gone through all that. Now he's corporate Kane. Um, yeah, open up insurance agencies. Whew, he's all over the place. He is, and he was also, uh, you know, very vocal in saying Occupy Raw was dangerous, and that Daniel Bryan couldn't have pulled that 
stun off alone, and he thought since uh, Raw the previous week was in Memphis, he's going to blame Jerry the King Lawler and his stupid shirt. That shirt last week was horrendous. Yeah, Vince didn't like it either. Either, so Lawler said, "You know, it wasn't me." Then out comes those uh, the three knights in shining, shining black armor. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> this whole thing was. It, I think they just get lost on like where to use guys, and they kind of make up these weird gimmick things. So all of a sudden, they like I understand the shield's amazing, and they are. Their matches are off the chain, like they Insane. just are what they are. But what drives me nuts about the shield is the fact that they they're put in these situations, like with Kane blaming Jerry Lawler that about the the Occupy Raw deal that Daniel Bryan put on, like, and then they have the shield come out, they're supposed to beat him up. Like, watching this whole thing, you're just going, really? This is this is where we're using, you know. This is where we're using the future of the business. Yeah, in a, Jerry, know, right? in a Jerry Lawler segment. Yeah, I, I don't know, know. Right? This shit drives me insane. Um, I understand like they used it to twist, you know, from them turning on Kane that followed over from SmackDown and all this stuff. But they, I think they could have done it a little more creative because then they just pulled Lawler into the ring. He stood there like he was scared. The Shield turned around. Lawler smiled, got out, went and sat back down. Like, <laughs> what? Couldn't we just skip the middleman here and just let Lawler sit at the ring? Yeah. Um... The last thing we need is to him to take a bump on accident and have another heart attack on us. I, I think they could have used the shield a little better because, like, the following match was our, our Divas bathroom break, AJ Lee um, and Tamina versus the Funkadactyls. Yeah, my my TV just kept fast-forwarding on my DVR. I couldn't stop it, and then it ended right after that match. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. So they could have put the shield there in a match versus, um, I don't know, you could throw in, like, Cody Rhodes and Dolph Ziggler, throw them in a quick team. You could have thrown Zack Ryder and a towel guy out there. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, something other than this crap with Kane. They, they could have even put Kane in a match uh, and, and have the Shield interfere. Or yeah. they could have put the shield in, a, shield in a match and have Kane interfere. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, they had, what was this Lawler thing? I don't know. Was it just like a chance for everybody to hit the merchandise stand, buy a T-shirt, come back, wave their foam finger around? I don't know. That was, that was a women's match. <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't, it wasn't the Bella Twins, you know? Yeah. The Plastic Girlfriend. The um, Plastic Girlfriend. So, uh, yeah, the Funkodactyls win. That brings us into um, a snooze, another snooze fest for me. We had Rybaxel, Alberto Del Rio, and uh, the Genius 2.0, Damian Sandow. They, they, <laughs> they should bring him back as the manager for Damian. That would be absolutely wonderful. Um, against uh, the Big Show, Mark Henry, Big E, and Dolph Ziggler. You know, I see what they're doing here. They're trying to get you excited about this Andre the Giant Battle Royal deal. They're they're putting they're getting the, you know they got all the guys in there. Then the spot at the end with them throwing everybody over the ring over the top rope out of the ring, and then you know leaving Big Show to be in the ring alone. Get get the one two three and you know get over or whatever going into the match. But it's just that was like a, a that was just a, that was like your your gimmick match of the night. Even I think over the women's match, it just. It was to push this battle royal thing that they're trying to get something going with, and it's gonna be on the fucking pre-show. The battle royal is. That's the, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, the pre-show. I have, uh, dude. I watched the raw pre-show because it's right after I finished my DDP yoga, and I'm kind of cooling down. Um, but they're gonna. They're you had you know 90 year old Hulk Hogan say we got the onto the you know the giant battle royal. He's saying it worse than I am right now. Um, and they're putting it on the damn pre-show. I'm not even going to watch it. 
I mean, I'll probably watch it just because I'm a mark for wrestling. Like, I'll I'll just see wrestling and just stop and stare at it. <laughs> I mean, T, TNA even makes me stop sometimes. Oh, that's bad. Um, <laughs> that, 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 I, dude, I live 45 minutes from TNA, and I won't even I won't even go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I can't do it. Now what I am a mark for is the gentleman in the next match. What we got there? We got the, the cool runnings. Cool runnings. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Kofi Kingston versus uh the man of the hour, Mr. Wyatt. Now I I felt bad for um Kofi. Kofi. Just because it felt like they dropped him down to jobber status. Well, yeah, he's the world's most... Well, all right, we got the world's strongest jobber in Mark Henry, and we got the world's most athletic jobber in... Um, Kofi. Kofi, and we got the world's uh, finest Mexican jobber in ADR. So yeah, we're covering they, all ethnicities. They're, they've just I've, they just elevated the jobber from your... Um, Brooklyn Brawlers. Brooklyn Brawlers and your uh, Barry Horowitz Don't. to the... To the to to uh, Kofi Kingston and like you said Mark Henry they're just letting guys put him over and they're just moving on I I feel bad for him because I think there is something there's there's I think there's something there with Kofi Kingston I don't see him as uh, headlining WrestleMania at any time soon maybe a nice United States champion IC champion I think if they right gimmick they get him going they let it things happen a little bit and evolve but they just put him in crap matches yeah this this was a straight up squash match this was just a straight up show off way bright (laughs) (laughs) and my tongue got tied there bray wyatt bray wyatt yes and um uh so yes anyways they they straight up just put him in there to show him off let him throw him around and make put it over get that match hyped up build him up you know we already know cena's you know hot so you you can't go wrong with that there's kind of letting this guy get some some traction here before he's putting one of the biggest matches of his life, maybe of his career, if he doesn't play it right. Exactly, and they, they you know, what kind of threw me off is Cena didn't even, you know, pop his head out to. I understand they're not going to throw him out there in commentary because that that just don't happen when you're at Cena's level. But you know, to a little jumbo Titan Tron jumbo big screen, whatever they're calling it now, WWE Tron um, spot, and say, you know what, Bray, that was good, but you can't see me or whatever he he does, you. You know, he I, should have. He should imitate. He should do. He should, should have done a mock of a Bray the Wyatt, Wyatt family. Yeah. He should have came out and blew out his candle and waved his hand in front of his face. And yeah, <laughs> like, like you can't. I don't see. know. They could have done something cheesy like that. Yeah, but they they, they didn't. Maybe maybe uh maybe when uh, Vince listens to this on Thursday, he'll uh he'll implement that idea. Yeah, we'll email it to his direct email here. Yeah, calls bat phone. Yeah, VinceMcMahon.com. So that brings us into the last segment of the night. We got Hunter back out there on the on the stick. Yeah, this thing was cheese ball from the word go. You think so? Oh, it was miserable. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, those two, I mean, it was all right with Triple H and um, and Daniel Bryan in the ring bantering and the, the yes chance and the blah, 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 blah. But when Stephanie came out and said she's pressing charges, oh fuck, ar- arrest this man! <laughs> I was just thinking in my head, like, cops. yeah, <laughs> I'm saying it in my head the whole time, going, "They're not real cops." Like this is, they're so bad. And all of a sudden, they like start hitting him with the their nightsticks and jamming it in his neck from from something that he did a week ago. Like that isn't how you get arrested. This is America still. This is still the United. Like if you're gonna sell it, sell it right. But at least they pulled it back. Um, what what saved it a little bit for me was that they 
you know, that Triple H got back in the ring and said, get out of here, you're not even real cops. And, you know, okay, so that sold it of what the heck's had going on here because you could tell they weren't real cops. They didn't act like cops. You know, you can't arrest somebody with six men because they did something you didn't like last week. Stephanie is wonderful behind she's good. behind the scenes. I think even in I, – I think she's all right on camera. She plays a, a great person you love to hate. She plays a good bitch. I get it. But security, security, I mean, come on, dude. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I think it just could have been written a little better. I don't know if I'm necessarily looking at her for the problem on this one. I'm looking, they got a big writing staff in the back there, and they could have cleaned that up a little bit. Well, hook Vince Russo up with a job, or you call me, I'll fix it, you know? Um, But, man, Um, that... But I I personally think that the, the fight went on... A little long. Yes. It was a little just like there was no. They should have been able to put some kind of comeback maybe in there for Daniel Bryan to push back a little bit. I know he got a few headbutts in and kicks. I understand he was handcuffed. Uh-huh. So they sold it that that man really got his ass whooped. Yeah, they did, but. I mean. Security! Was... <laughs> See, arrest that man. Yeah. Um, no, I. I... It, 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 I totally was prepared to list Triple H as my superstar of the week. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, since we all know what happened, Daniel Bryan got beat up and they ended Raw. They went to the post-show thing, but I didn't watch that. I was already asleep. I watched it this morning and on DVR and caught up on what happened. I, I, did, I, I, I went to bed because today was a new game release day and I wanted to be on my game. Um, <laughs> but I was so prepared to pick Triple H as my superstar of the week because I just thought it was it was great. Well, Mine, I'm giving two for one spot of the show. I'm giving it to Antonio Cesaro. You give it to Cesaro for that 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 European uppercut out of nowhere on the USO that went flying over the ring. That was that was something unprecedented. Like you just don't see spots like that that go flawlessly too. At least flawlessly on the camera. I can't tell you how he's feeling today if he caught him if he caught it stiff or not. But to me, that looked pretty good. I am I am going away from Cesaro. I am pumping up my shoes putting on my jorts and sitting back back and watching my superstar of the week, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I knew you were going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bray Wyatt, the promo, and then the, the quick sw- squash. It was, it was a tough one for me. Like, Bray Wyatt, like, he sold it for me in the, in the promo. Yeah. But he didn't give me that in the match. He didn't give me that holy shit moment in the match, which Cesaro just gave me that. Like, I watched that, like, four times. I just kept hitting the seven-second button. button on my DVR just going, look at that, bah, and you just hear that smack. Yeah. I understand he sold it. He probably slapped his leg and got a little extra pop in there for the noise. But, you know, what the heck, it's wrestling, right? You know, it's it's, it's acting. It is. So, but you went with Cesaro, I went with, uh, with Bray Wyatt. Two, either way, I don't think you can go wrong with watching these guys come up. You got no, nothing but bright lights in front of you kid <laughs> when, the, when these two meet down the road it's it's going to be a slobber knocker it's going to be a slobber knocker so uh, um, what's that take us next well I think we're moving on we had a um, a new induction into the hall of fame last night also we did they inducted into the what are they calling it the Hollywood wing or the, the actors oh, guild or shit. something like that but we had Mr. T Fucking B.A. Barakas himself. If Roddy, if Roddy Piper does not induct him, I don't want to see it. I'm not sure if he will. I, I I know Piper wants to you know stab him in the face of the Canadian screwdriver, but if Piper <laughs> does not induct him, did you see the uh, 
Legends, what do they call it? Legends of the Round Table or Legends of Wrestling, the, where they sit around and chat and smoke cigarettes? <laughs> uh, not Maybe not this specific one. Do you know the show I'm talking about, though, yeah. on the network? Yeah, I yeah. know of it. Anyways, they have, uh, you have to pull it up. There's an interview with, or they had Roddy Piper on there, and it was being most hated or whatever. The Did you hear about the spot at WrestleMania 2? Yeah, where T missed the punch. <laughs> he throws a phantom punch, and Piper's just hating him, and Piper's trying to protect the business. And this is the days of wrestling from the stories I'm hearing that, I mean, I was watching these things, but I didn't know what was going on in the background. I'm running around just pretending like I'm Hulk Hogan. Yeah, what a tool. <laughs> um, but, the, but what's going on inside these guys' heads is that, you know, they have to protect the business. This is when the, the days of kayfabe are still flying high. And they didn't have to, they didn't seem, didn't, doesn't seem like they had to run things past Vince as much. And they just kind of went out there and made things happen. And he got he got scared that you know uh t was going to kill the business and mess up you know what he so does so piper did what was right piper did what he thought was right and you know pipe you know like him or hate him he's he's you know he's going to do what he wants anyways and he threw that stool at him so hard oh yeah he wanted to and then kill like him. the in the body slam that wasn't part of the script that was just him trying to make something out of this match that was falling apart miserably on live tv um do me a favor, since you uh, dropped a verb some might not know, uh, give the definition of kayfabe for our dozens and dozens of listeners. Please define that for us. Kayfabe was just the the keeping it keeping it concealed. There was yes. uh, you know the good guys were the good guys and the bad guys were really bad guys. They, tra- um, they traveled they, separately. They didn't travel separately. Yeah. They stayed separately. They just kept everything. You know, they kept the business real. They even though it was all planned out they kept uh locker rooms were separate yeah the they didn't deliver the finishes they just had another guy come in and say this is the finish this is what you're going to do call the match in the ring you weren't allowed to see each other be near each other spotted together there was one guy and i'm having a terrible time thinking of his name old school promoter in the south i, crockett. I don't think it was i don't think it was crockett it might have been watts i think it was bill watts Cowboy Bill um, Watts. Cowboy Bill Watts. I believe this is who it was because I think I remember Jr. talking about it, and I know he ran around with Bill Watts a lot. Um, that if they got into a fight, a, if a, a a a heel, a bad guy, got into a fight at a bar while he was out drinking, and he did not beat that man up, if he did not win that He's fight, fired. Yeah, he was fired. Yeah, he would be fired from that territory. And he had to stay in character at all times. That he had to stay in character, and he would send them sometimes into bars to, get- to start a fight, yes. yeah. to build up a name and make people come to this wrestling show, so he could pay them fifteen dollars to fight. That there is kayfabe. <laughs> now, sticking with the Hall of Fame, we have a few uh, inductees. The list is almost complete. So, who do you think should induct Carlos Colon? For those people who don't know who Carlos Colon is, well. You know, expose yourself to the world. No, I'm kidding. He's uh, Car- <laughs> he's Carlito's dad. Carlito, that ain't cool. Chew up an apple, spit it in your face. He's Carl- I miss Carlito. I miss him and his afro and the backstabber. But I think we'll be seeing him on the night of the Hall of Fame. And it's rumored to be hearing that he hit him and uh, the 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 what was the other guys the Colognes the, the, primo, uh, and the tag, primo and Epico. I heard that they're going to be in in the house too, inducting that guy into the. Hall of Fame, which just to me, I guess that's just a given to me. That just makes sense. Uh, this brings us to Amy Dumas, also known as Lita. Who do you think well, should induct her? I would. I mean, you're going to have to have Edge. Edge? 
Um, it'd be real funny if Matt Hardy did it. Um, I was thinking like they're getting the Hardy Boys and Edge involved somehow, but <laughs> I don't know how well that might go over. I think there's still some hard feelings there. I would like to see a little stratisfaction inductor. Think so? I, that's what I, I would like to see. Trish the dish, with her being the being the the diva icon, if you will, the one that kind of put the divas on the map again. Trish was yes the female wrestler that put the put the put it on the map. She, her and Lita, we talked about it last week. The you know my my old school moment of the week. We'll hear yours in a little bit, but um, I think Trish Trish should do it. Trish or Edge, I'm, right. I'm still I'm I'm highly on Edge um, to think to get him then because they had such a run together and they created such the the drama and the stir in the yeah. business and brought a lot of real life into it and mm-hmm. you know I don't know I, I think Edge would be the man if you're gonna ask me to book it I'm booking Edge. Well, let's see if they can pull him away from taping a show on the Sci-Fi Channel, which I don't know <laughs> I don't think they get ratings ever. Um, that brings <laughs> us to the ultimate nutbag. The ultimate warrior. The ultimate idiot, yes. Who do you think oh. will induct him? <sighs> I'd, I'd love for Hogan to do it. <laughs> I was thinking, like, when I first heard it, I thought Hogan. I said, he's back. Why not have him do it? They had such the, the collision, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, I don't know who else would induct this nut job. I know who is. Who Who is doing it? Linda McMahon. <laughs> really, Linda Vince Vince's mom, Hunter's mother-in-law, Stephanie's Vince, Vince's Vince's Vince's, Vince's wife, <laughs> Vince's wife, Stephanie's mom, Hunter's mother-in-law, uh, Linda. Uh, I lost two Senate races in a row. McMahon is inducting the Ultimate Warrior. Why are they in the same boat we're in? Going, who's going to induct the Ultimate Warrior? Uh, Linda McMahon <laughs> walked by looking for the coffee machine, and they said, "Fuck it, she'll do." Uh, I think she got the the shortest straw. She was the, <laughs> you know, got the Ben Affleck moment from Armageddon. When I <laughs> when I think of like inducting somebody into a Hall of Fame, I think of somebody that's going to be like going to make something happen, uh, or that was involved with it in making something happen with that person's career, whether it was pre, post, dirt. You know what I'm saying, like. I don't know. I just don't see where Linda McMahon falls into the whole deal. Uh-huh. If, that, if that works for him, I would, again, I'm just, a, I would go with Hogan. At least they had one of the bigger feuds. Either Hogan could do it or to play it safe, let the warrior himself do it. Just induct himself, then he can come running back out. <laughs> Fuck it, you know? I mean, that guy's, that guy's crazier than Axl Rose on meth. I think Papa Shango should in, in, induct him into the Hall of Fame. He can put another curse on him, oh, like the yeah, black, the black ooze, the the <laughs> drip from his eyes. Now we we have a rumor of someone that might be going into the Hall of Fame that is very very overdue. Now are we are we skipping over T because we kind of discussed it in our comment that we're hoping Piper does it. Is that what we're putting our, uh, our I, hopes on? Uh, if it's all right, if it's not Piper, it's going to be Mister Wonderful if it, if he's alive. Um, well, I or or Hogan could handle that one too, if you ask me. Man, I don't. Man, fuck Hogan. <laughs> well, we know how you feel about Hogan. That's going to be your soundbite because we've got two episodes of it so far. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my tagline. That's, I'm trademark trademarking that tomorrow. Anybody who says it owes me a quarter. Um, so this is the last one we've got. We've got Mister. The bad guy. Ayo himself. The bad guy rumored to be going in. Now, there's only two people. Well, I'll say three people that can induct him. All right, we know it's not. We know X Pac's not one of them. 
That would be one of them that I say could induct him. You're going to say X-Pac Hunter or uh, his, his partner in crime. Well, Big Daddy Cool. Uh, Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Super Shredder. Super Shredder. Excuse me. Super Shredder. Yes, good old uh, Kevin Nash. Um, but actually, I wasn't even going to go with Hunter because it just seemed a little too predictable for me. I was just going to say we can bring Sean back up from their epic ladder match um, oh, and the matches man. they had leading up in the uh, early 90s there, you know. I think so. I was going to say Sean, X Pac, or Nash, or all three, or reunite the whole click and uh, bring it all out there. I think they should. In- I think they should induct the click into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I hate to say it, but even even fucking Hogan could do it. Yeah, Hogan <laughs> could do it. I mean, Hogan could. In- oh, why didn't Hogan just host the whole thing here? He could just run down the line. Yeah, <laughs> just stay out there, you know, with his weird tattoos on his arm and his back and his. You know, you know who else could it? You know who else could do Scott Hall? Um, oh, and you know, we realized we skipped over somebody too. Uh, not Austin, not Savio, no. not Savio Vega. <laughs> uh, DDP. Oh, Diamond Dallas Pate. Oh, because Jake Roberts is going in. And Jake's going in as well. We yeah, forgot Jake. Yeah, Jake's going in. Yeah, uh, Dally, Dally could do it. Yeah, because he saved their life, you know, at the sobriety house and the DDP yoga. Yeah, Dally definitely could do it. I think Dally could put in either one of them, Scott Hall or... Um, Jake, I don't or create, both. create a sobriety wing and put those two <laughs> in there. Yeah, Dally, Dallas Page. Yeah, he could. It's a great, great suggestion. Yeah, Dallas could do it. I think Dallas should be involved at least for one of the two. Um, if it's you know at least like I said, one of the two. I think the click, somebody from the click or the whole click should be involved with Scott Hall, and I think that Dally should be doing it for um, Jake. Well, I guess that brings us to the. Uh, final inductee for this year uh mr paul bearer my undertaker i'm assuming by your comments right there that's who you think should induct him i don't believe there would be any other question maybe involve kane somehow but uh i believe you know the undertaker's the man i hear some you know i read some rumors online of people saying that they should get undertaker kane and um mick foley involved but i believe mick should sit this one out at uh my my whole thing would be just to give it the taker, um, and maybe incorporate Kane somehow, but not corporate Kane, the, the Kane that he brought big in, red, the, the big, big red, red monster. monster. That's yeah. gotta be Kane. Um, that guy ripping cells, you know, doors off hell in the cell. I understand why Paul's going into the Hall of Fame this year. It's because he kicked the bucket. Sad, you know, as sad as it is, but I don't think Taker should do it. What I I'm gonna have to disagree that you're hundred percent wrong. Because Taker, everything Taker does, he's in character. Yeah, he would he would seriously break character. I think that if Paul were alive, he would go in when um, Taker had his final match the year after. So let's say this was his final match this year. Okay. The next year, Paul Bearer would go in and Taker would induct him. That's why I say I don't think Taker should do it just because he's going to break character and he's known for not doing such. Okay, so who are you? pointing at Mick, Mick Foley are you really Mick Foley or Kane yeah well then just Kane I, I don't think Foley I mean I know they had the whole mankind thing and he managed him for a hot second and blah 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 but it was kind of weak but so then you're saying Kane yeah yeah Mick Foley or Kane but I mean you don't I even think I, you don't I, even think I, Taker should be involved where he comes out gets on one knee and does the whole hand in the air thing you know what I'm saying it points at like points at the screen little smoke point. comes out you know 
points at the urn. Flips, um, his, flips his hair back and does the whole, you know. What hair? Well, you know what I mean. Does the motion. <laughs> um, I think, I think, that's what, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but at that point, I think um, if, if they are going to bring Taker out in any way, shape, or form. That's it. L- let him break the character. Don't make him stay in character. Let him be. Let him be. What's his name? Mark Calloway. Yeah. Let him. Let him be Mark Calloway, the human being. Don't make him be the Undertaker. So, or else for me it'll ruin it. What if they bring him out into the character of all he does? Though he doesn't say a word. He just does the the shrine tribute. You know, on the knee, points down, rolls his eyes back, sticks his tongue out, and they move on. Click. Turn on the Xbox. You don't like it? No. I think you're insane. Eh, well, I've been called, you know, worse by better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess that would bring us to um, our next spot on the on the show. We're gonna um, go over uh, the the countdown. This week's countdown. This week's countdown. <laughs> so we will run down the WWE list top ten finishers. This was the list Finish. from the show. Uh, we had the DDT. We've got three the three D. At number nine. Pedigree coming in at number eight. Sharpshooter slash Scorpion Deathlock at number seven. The F5 at six. RKO at number five, which I think we should also call that slash the Diamond Cutter. The Diamond Cutter. Four, we've got Sweet Chin Music. Three, the Spear. Two, the Tombstone. And one, the Stone Cold Stunner. I think their list is full of shit. All right, so together we made ourselves a little list here. We're going to run down from the top ten, and we're going to discuss them as we go down. Ten, we've got the buff blockbuster. That move was revolutionary because nobody would, nobody was doing flips off the top rope, let alone grabbing a guy into a neck breaker. Yeah, basically going into a stunner almost, wasn't it? Almost like a reverse stunner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then again, you had to bend the neck back and snap. I don't know. Like, can you break the jugular vein or just? Cut it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a, a body guy. Um, look at the body gorilla. Um, but that move just changed everything. You know that jump from the second row, grab the neck and snap it. it. The way Buff, you know, what's the stuff? Too bad. You know, I got a cool picture with Buff from a uh, Juggalo Championship Wrestling show that they did here in Michigan in Detroit at the. Uh... I I was there, and you remember that CD I got yes. from there. I sold that thing for 116 bucks. Well, there's a, there's a sucker born every minute. Uh, number nine, <laughs> we got coming in is the Razor's Edge or the Outsider's Edge. Another revolutionary move. It was it was uh, I I was more of a mark over it during the Razor Ramon era of the move. Yeah. Um, by the time you know he was doing it as the Outsider, it was just uh, another move for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you think of the power. You know, Correct. You I mean, got him in the gut wrench. You know, I never realized. I'm going to be honest with you. How big Scott Hall is? Uh, you know, six five two seven. Again, until I got my picture taken with him at a uh, a uh, insane clown posse event. There is, uh, if you guys care or don't care, and I don't care if you like it or not, but I'm a huge fan, so deal with it. Um, and suck it. <laughs> and so. But I got my picture next to him. I didn't realize how big he was because you're always seeing him stand next to guys like Diesel. Uh, or you know Kevin Nash, Hunter, Hunt, you know, see these guys that are in him and Sean don't look very big until you see them in person. These guys are yeah, huge yeah. themselves. But the strength it took, you know, gut wrench up, then hold them up for a second, then take a few steps forward and drop them without killing the guy. 
Now the 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 bottom of the barrel is when I did see Scott Hall at some of these small indie sh- events, and he was drunk oh, as a shit. skunk, and he's given the outsider's edge. Um, when he had to get the guy up on the ropes backwards first, and then oh. come up to him, put his back on him, and then grab him and throw him down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's, uh, that's that was that was pre that was pre. Yeah, things got a little scared, a little sad then. Uh, coming yeah. to number eight, we got the sharpshooter. Sharpshooter, sharpshooter, or scorpion deathlock. What do you like better? Sharpshooter, because Sting's a dude. You don't like Sting? I the Stinger did not sting for me. He stunk. Oh, see, I, I a was douche. a huge mark for Sting. I I was not. I thought that Sting Sting sold the lock. He put it in good. Brett, no one does it better than. Don't Brett. think so. You don't even think Nat- you don't think no. Natalia does it better. More movies. <laughs> what what no. about now? What about the Rock's version of the Sharpshooter that he adopted for some weird reason? It's about as good as Cena's version of the MCF, <laughs> and we'll just leave that at that. <laughs> Needs to tighten it up a little he, bit. He needs to firm that. Yeah, good old uh, Stephen Austin told me he needs to firm that thing <laughs> up a bit because there's sometimes, man. Shoo, didn't take much to wiggle out of out of Cena's little STF. But a, a good thing that that list that move is not on this list. No offense to Jonathan Cena. Number seven, RKO or Diamond Cutter. Now those ones, those those are. Uh, I think DDP could hit it better. Yes. Um, Randy, Randy's good. I mean, he he can get it out of nowhere. But pa- oh, man. Page. I mean, watching some of those matches, uh, him and Macho Man, uh, him and uh, I'm having a brain fart of some of his other matches. But I just remember the one with him and Macho Man. I think it was at Spring Stampede. They, yeah, um, if the people listening to this, and you better be listening still, um, they need to look up Randy Orton, Evan Bourne, RK. Oh, that one was amazing. When Evan Bourne, this little this little five foot nothing, a hundred nothing guy, does a shooting star press press with shooting star press, which is a standing backflip off the front rope, diving on a guy halfway across the ring. Randy jumps up and catches him when he's about a foot from the mat. I remember that like it was yesterday. It was about two years ago, I believe, two to three years ago. I I, I don't think I've ever. I mean, as good as Dallas, Dallas and Carl Malone did the diamond. Carl Malone. <laughs> uh, that one RKO by Randy. Now, how do you and feel about Diamond, uh, Diamond Dallas Page handing that move to uh, Randy Orton? You know, allowing him to use it. Uh, I mean, do you think it was a good move, bad move? Do you think he should have kept it? Do you think RKO Randy should have came up with his own deal? Do you think? What do you think? I like the fact that Randall Keith Orton uses it, hence the name RKO. I think that I don't mind him using it, and I think it's you know when they're handed something down, it's a you know there's a show of respect. You know, Randy's got talent, but I think I think there should have been something publicly addressed about it because I don't think people get that it was you know. There was a thing for this. It wasn't just that Randy thought it was a cool finisher. It was actually something that was happened behind the scenes that was, you know, DDP handed it to him and said, look, kid, I can't do this no more. You do it. Um, Randy took the ball he and did, ran. But I think there should have been something publicly done. It made part of a storyline or a gimmick, but that's just me. I don't know if that's... Guess what? It just happened. I don't know if anybody else cares that much about these things. Uh, it just happened. Five, uh, number six, five-star frog splash. Best high flying move ever. Now, are we going with anybody in particular? Because there were several versions of the frog splash. No, no, I'm going with the five star done by Mr. Monday Night. And this show is not kid friendly. The whole fucking show. 
Rob Van Dam. He could have people laying. Um, let's say the you know you could see the way you he, could see RVD hit that move from angles that were anywhere that make sense. The way he man, manipulated his body in midair and had to shift and still you know brought his arm his elbows and his knees together and then sprung out and then once he made that impact he'd hop up another five feet in the air to land grab his gut make the cover for the uno dos trace. Now, how do you feel about Eddie Guerrero's frog splash? No. Uh, not, not so much. Now, was it just because he only did the little tuck there? He didn't really get that full, like, huge arms underneath the legs, like, just, I mean, in that height. He just did this little, like, elbows to his thighs kind of thing. The thing about Eddie, he never sold me as a flyer. He did yeah? No? I mean, no, that... I think... God, I hate that we agree so much because, again, people are just going to think that it's a terrible, terrible show to listen to, but it's not, people. We're making valid points. <laughs> we'll move on. So uh, the five-star frog splash. Now, how do you feel about the little man doing it? Hornswoggle. Right? <laughs> Hornswoggle. I thought he was dead until I saw him on Monday. He did. He does the tadpole splash. Tadpole splash. <laughs> Fucking hate it. Next. Number five, we got the F5. It's a hell of a finisher. By the most the most athletic person ever in the WWE. Hell of a finisher. I can't argue with this one at all. No, it's 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 hard to. I, I mean I honestly think it should be higher on the list, but it's 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 not. Now people think we should argue this list. Keep in mind this is a collaborative list that we spent hours and hours ironing this thing out so if you're gonna argue that we're not arguing it well you can call me and i'll tell you to go piss it <laughs> um but just that power him throwing people around <laughs> just picking them up and throwing when he does it to people like the big show jbl uh mark henry these aren't small dudes these are dudes that are twice the size of average dudes yeah yeah, yeah. they're fucking massive in the lift with ease no question about it just picks them up up drops them Dude, that guy, he is just. I am a huge Brock Lesnar mark. I, th- even though I'm not excited for his match at me. I think yeah, I'm I'm a mark for him in the ring, showing off what he can do. I think they need to work on this personality, uh, and get and and yeah. get him one. Um, well, he has. Let's name yes. Paul Heyman. Number four, sweet chin music. Well, it's Sean. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better. I'm not gonna lie. You might think I'm nuts, but I think that. What's his name from the Usos can throw a good one. He can throw a good one. Ooh, man, the the the, the one with the dark hair and the tan skin, <laughs> and the face paint, the two eyes. Yeah, that one. I think he can he can throw a good one. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not a Shawn Michaels super kick, sweet chin music, whatever That's you want to call still it. Still pretty, pretty. He can solid. throw a good one, but the, just in general, that move. You know, we don't even look who sells it. We're just looking at it being done. And that move, if done, you can yes. picture getting kicked in the bottom of your jaw. <laughs> It, it, at being six foot five. Yes, I just think that. Yeah, and, and the guys that Sean could throw it at too. You could hit Taker, Big Show, Hogan, Evan Bourne, me, <laughs> Evan you, Bourne. Vince, Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, he could hit Hornswoggle with it. Uh, and the way that Sean could sell it too. Um, spoiler alert: This isn't kayfabe anymore. But when he throws that kick and slaps his thigh that he's kicking you with. Boy, does he get that timing down, and it just sounds like you're getting your teeth blown out. I remember, what was it, SummerSlam 91, when he faced Mr. Perfect. 
and he kicked Mr. Perfect right in the fucking chops. And I honestly, this is this is in Detroit, by the way, at the Palace. I thought that Kurt Henning lost a tooth. I mean, he legitimately caught him right in the mouth. It's, oh, I felt so felt so bad for him. Number three, the Tombstone, done by the Undertaker only. Kane's sucks. <laughs> Why does Kane suck? To me, I there. Too much snap into it. Too much snap into it. Not enough. Just, is it the, the, just, the Kane? I mean, don't get me wrong. Undertaker's gets me over more. I think it's just more of the sale behind it um, that the Undertaker can give me. The facial expressions, the the pinning, the tongue out. You know what I'm saying? The whole thing. Like, look at the Shawn Michaels career-ending match with Taker. When Taker didn't just pick him up and do his normal fold for it, he he lifted his leg. He was a good three feet off the ground and then dropped Shawn. Now, if that was Kane, he'd just grab him, dink, done. I, 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 I never liked Kane doing it. Taker. No, I'm just Taker's the. Oh, I was I, just gonna say. Just, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody else that does the Tombstone or has made it as popular. Uh, nobody can anymore. Vince won't. Vince lets two dudes do it. Hunter, and Taker. That's it. Yeah. It, nobody else does. It's uh. Yeah, you don't think Kane does it anymore, does he? Uh, Kane doesn't even choke slam anymore. Um, number two, sells insurance. Sells insurance. <laughs> Clothesline <laughs> from hell. A lot of people will argue this, but the way Bradshaw JBL did this clothesline, I felt the pain. I don't know if you saw Raw 1000 when he hit Heath Slater yes. with it. J- uh, Bradshaw was not in in ring shape by any means. He was not at all. Dude, the way he just puts the you know the snap behind his arm, and the way He's, that uh, to me sells a clothesline, like you better than Eddie. yeah, like it, to be, it used to just be a move, like it was just like hey, there's a clothesline. It was as good as like a sunset flip or a back body drop. It was just a clothesline. Yeah, yeah, but the way JVL does it, you really think he's gonna break this guy's freaking neck because he snaps it so hard. It's like he's, he's yeah, just, it's like he's aiming at the guy in the front row. That's who he's trying to really hit, and he's just getting you. Just happen to be in his way. And JBL works so stiff, anyways. For those of you know who don't who uh, don't know what work working stiff means, it means he legitimately would rough you up. He would rather hit you a little harder than uh, sell a, a bad punch. Exactly, he'll give you a black, eye, a real black eye, rather than a little makeup. Number black eye, yes. <laughs> number one, we've got. Oh, and speaking of the black eye, remember when he popped uh, when. Um, JBL popped the blue meanie in the eye and gave him a black eye at that ECW one night stand. I do recall. That was awesome. I was just reading about that the other day for some reason. Number one, the Stone Cold Stunner. What what can you say, dude? That could be hit out of anywhere. That was another move that kind of revolutionized things because you never, you know, the kick the gut, then, you know, grab and drop you on your on your jaw. Nobody ever fucking saw that before, and I just thought it was really, really cool. It'd be hit out of nowhere, so, and it was done by the modern-day Daniel Bryan, the old-school Daniel So if Bryan. this doesn't, um, let me see here. Does this mean that we are also fans of the Disco Inferno chart buster? I loved the Disco Inferno. Because they were uh, pretty much the same move, weren't they? They were more or less yes, and I I liked that little Jew from New York. <laughs> now now, um, did you ever wonder why the Chartbuster couldn't win a title in WCW, but 
It won all kinds of titles in WWE. It's called the Stunner. <laughs> Two words: Disco Inferno. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if he just like if say wrestling was like one hundred percent? It was they were just shoot matches and they were just was what it was. And like <laughs> Disco Inferno comes in. That's his gimmick. He's, they still did gimmicks, but the matches were real. And he comes in, just steals the Stunner from Austin and just hammering fools with it and just wins the title. Flat and fools. Uh, uh, yeah. Two words: Disco Inferno. I just thought that. That one was funny. I'm going, oh, no. I think if we're fans of that, we're fans of the Chart Buster. I like like Disco Inferno. Okay. So let's get into the Internet Rumor of the Week. Dung, dung, dung. Dung, dung, dung. Internet Rumor of the Week. They are claiming on the Internet, read on WrestleZone.com, um, this also may have been on, was it PWI Insider or whatever it is? Um, sure. They link a lot of things together. But that the Occupy Raw movement last week was uh-huh. a middle finger to CM Punk. Yes. No. 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 I don't. No. <laughs> I don't see how it's a middle. I don't think it's a middle finger at CM Punk. I think it's a middle finger at the fans. You don't, no, they were claiming that this was uh, aimed as a middle finger to Punk, that he could have, this could have been him. They also tried to sell the Disco Inferno as a good wrestler. <laughs> good tie over there. Good connection. Um, yeah, I like yeah. that. So, anyways, I, those were that was the that was the thing that I thought. I'm not sure how I see it. I think they're, you know, you can. You can say anything about anything. That's why it's called a rumor. But that was my what I found to be pretty interesting is the rumor of the week was that they're claiming that this Occupy Raw, this whole movement, yes movement, that they're putting the people behind him, the voice of the voiceless. They're t- trying to tie all that together and say that CM Punk could have been this in this spot, Daniel Bryan, but he wasn't patient and he left too early and blah, blah, blah. The yes movement was here before Punk left. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, so. Oh, did you know we got a fan question this week? We have a fan? We have a fan. All right. His name is Ryan Whitner. You can look at his his webpage, facebook.com slash heel hangout. That's H-E-E-L-H-A-N-G-O-U-T. Really interactive page. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. He actually asked a pretty good question, our one fan. Should the WWE unify the U.S. and IC, IC title, titles? If so, why? Um, now, I don't know if they should necessarily unify the U.S. and IC title, but I, I guess I'll say yes because I believe they need to get rid of one of them. And they can't, and they no. can't get rid of the IC title. That's classic. It's, it, it's classic to WWE, yes, but the U.S. title's been around longer. Well, about as long. Um, but I, I don't think they should. No? I think they should put the IC strap on someone else. Do you think they should? Or are you so... I say, I'm say i saying yes, that they should maybe to make more of a, a fight for it, to make it more prestigious. You're saying yes to keep it? They should keep both of them? I like, I like, I like both. But are you straps, saying they yes, should I elevate like the... Both. Elevate no. the, the caliber... That it take the caliber of talent that the IC title is put on and how it's used in storylines. Um, Big E does not sell me. He is a shitty salesman. Someone like Cody Rhodes, Dolph Ziggler, Damian Sandow, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. I know Dean Ambrose already has the US title. Hell, Zack Ryder, The Miz. 
all icy Eight. caliber guys. Bingo. Uh, co- uh, cool runnings. So, so what are they going to do with the U.S. title then? If you're going to keep it, what are they going to do with it though? Same thing. Just you know, a couple a couple mid card guys to kind of keep your eye on, so to speak. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I'm just thinking that there's just. I get that there's a lot of wrestlers now, you know, and there's a lot going on, and they have to keep some people in the forefront. But uh-huh. I just think that they're, they're maybe if they're going to keep both of them, then to get a little more organized with it. Um, I don't know. If they, what if they move the U.S. title to be the the heavyweight championship of NXT or something? <laughs> uh, what are they going to do with the NXT? Well, that's title what it's then? called. <laughs> oh, just rename it. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I get it. It's it's to put um, a mid card. Um, you know, to elevate a mid card to the to the next level to bring them up, um, you know, I, I think for a while it, it's become the joke between the the, to the two titles, the U.S. title and the tag, and the um, Intercontinental title, has become a joke. Like the tag titles were the tag yeah. titles were. I think they've elevated it back and brought it back to something almost uh, somewhat prestigious now. You know, they brought the the Road Dog and badass back in the picture there kind of helps sell the tag team division and build some of these characters up and hopefully they can keep something rolling with it but i think there needs to be something along the lines with the u.s title and the intercontinental title i think there just needs to be a reason like i forget that seth rollins has a u.s title he, just, he doesn't dean ambrose oh, does. you know what i meant see look at that he already he forgot dean ambrose had the title that's he he uh made his point um, I, I I just think they should keep both belts. There's a you know you hit the nail on the heads. You know there's a lot of wrestlers out there, but there's not a lot of places to go. So if you're, they're going to put one of these belts on you, it's got to say something for what they have invested in you. Uh, but like speaking of you know like invested in people, they they have a lot invested in Bray Wyatt, but he doesn't need a belt. He doesn't need it. Not in someone like him doesn't. Yeah, need it, no. some guys don't need a belt to get over. Just it just works. Cena. Ray Wyatt. Yeah. These guys, is just, uh, even CM Punk didn't need one. CM Punk doesn't. Daniel Bryan doesn't need it. People will argue me this. Daniel Bryan is on Stone Cold's level. I mean, I'd what? love to argue with you, but I can't. The way the crowd reacts, Daniel Bryan is on his level. People, people are going to tell me I'm off my rocker and whatnot. And it's a ahead. different. It's it. not. They're not the same character. You're not saying that. You're, no, you're no, saying as far as being over with over the with the people, there wasn't a person that wasn't a Stone Cold fan. And even if you said you weren't a Stone Cold fan, you were just saying that because you were sick of all the the, the fake Stone Cold fans. But really, you liked watching them wrestle on Monday nights by yourself. When yes. you're sitting in your house watching it Monday night, you were excited to see him. Was he going to drive a Zamboni down the ring, or was he going to drive a beer truck? Who was he going to flip off? Was he going to pretend to shoot Brian? <laughs> oh man, that angle is awesome. But with Daniel Bryan, um, our our. Uh... Our show planner, Andy Shad, actually put it to me this way. Daniel Bryan is easily more over because his chant doesn't deal with swearing or flipping people the bird. It's just a simple, everyday, commonly used phrase, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Austin got the what thing over. <laughs> what? Man, I, uh, that's that's still over. That's what I'm but then it's stone cold, and he could he could make Where's Waldo go over? <laughs> Where's Waldo? You know Waldo, yes. the guy from fam, from Family Values. <laughs> Waldo, Waldo, Haldo, Haldo. <laughs> All right. Well, I believe we're coming up towards the end now. I th- 
I think we're going to have to start tapping into it. Uh, we're going to keep in mind we're we're getting our wheels underneath of this year, people, but we're going to start tapping into uh, NXT a little bit and uh, slightly covering over SmackDown. I'm going to be honest with you, the show just doesn't excite me too much anymore. But we'll just we'll gl- we'll, we'll we'll at least graze over that and keep people up to date on what's happening on SmackDown. And I'd like to get more involved with NXT as I've been watching it on the WWE Network over the last two weeks. NXT is good. And- SmackDown. I didn't know SmackDown was still on TV. Yeah, you know it is. And like I said, the the show is what it is. But hope you know. I think they just got so much. I think they're just unorganized right right now. And they need a roster split, a true roster split. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something's got to happen. But you know, like we're we're, we're working guess. it out. We got some possible guests that we might be able to get out that we might be talking about getting on the show here. Give us some insight on that. So we got some some things to kind of kind of brew in here. But before we go, Brian, the most important segment, I believe it is your turn for the daunted, often imitated, never duplicated question of the week. Question of the week. Oh, did we didn't go over the old school moment either. We didn't. All right, what do you want first? Oh, I hit me with the question. Question of the week. Since you hit me with hit such with a it. deep question last week, <laughs> asking me what, what would it? I do if Hulkamania was around wild on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to ask you exactly to find on me using Google Maps or any type of GPS service you'd like. Where is the foreign object from? Oh, man. It's probably from parts <laughs> I know with the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> um, wow, where is the foreign object from? My first guess is France. Because <laughs> uh, that's where Andre the Giant was from and he was foreign. <laughs> I I, um, I just I, always died when I'd hear that question when people say it's the foreign object and you just go well where is it from how foreign is it? Uh, well, what kind of object is it? It's the foreign object. Um. <laughs> uh, well, where is the foreign object? We'll just from? stick with parts unknown and we'll move on from there. Uh, yeah, it's 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 chilling with the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior and parts unknown. Um. <laughs> All right, uh, man. That, that's a good, that's a that's a good question. Where is the foreign object? Old, I like my that. old school moment of the my old school moment this this week is uh wasn't a match at the moment. It led into a match. The match wasn't anything to be remembered, but the moment that led to this match, Shawn Michaels, super kicking and throwing Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Oh, Ed Leslie, wow. Uh, <laughs> I love how you can like idiot savant these guys name like real names off the top of their heads. You're just blowing people's what, minds that are listening. What else was what, what else was Brudai in WCW? Who the Zodiac, the, the, the Zodiac, the, yeah, the guy with the long with with the sweet beard and long hair. And then he was the uh, no, that was the disciple. Yeah, that's and him. Then he was the Zodiac at one point with a le- dungeon. I oh, was it the Legion of Doom, the Dungeon of Doom, and then wasn't he yeah. the Booty Man for a hot second? Yeah, dude, he just actually did a show in Hamilton, Ontario. I have a buddy, uh, Derek Gash, at Epic Gash, went and saw that show and was sending me pictures, and I was kind of, man, it kind of hurt my feelings that he'd do that to me. <laughs> but, um, the, yeah, Ed Leslie, wow. Um, the Barbershop, I remember that when I, like I was a little I, kid. I marked out for that, like, big time, you know, and I think, you know, partial, I was, like, nine when it happened, and I was, like, so heartbroken that the Rockers were going to break up. Um. I'm glad you brought up that moment because that's gonna um, kind of tease the 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 listeners to uh, our countdown next week. 
Ooh, what do we what do we got going on for a countdown next week? Top ten biggest backstabs. Oh, look at that! Look at that! That's how good we are, people. We don't even know what we're doing, and we're just gonna make things happen. It just goes together. Just, just like that. We, Top ten backstabs. Just so you don't. Just so you, ladies and gentlemen out there, know that we call this the the question of the week, and we call the old school moment of the week live on the tape. <laughs> we call we, this one yeah, in the ring. It, this one's just happening. It's you're not prepared for it. You're just going to discuss it. But that moment though, when they when he yes. super kicked him and also, I don't know about you, but for some reason in my brain, I used to remember it as him super kicking him through the window. And then I watched it and uh that's not exactly how it happened. He kicked him and then he, threw he, it. He he kicked he kicked he kicked him in the chops. And then he picked him up and tossed him. For the some reason, I remember window. him kicking him through it. But you know, uh, my buddy Eric that uh, watches wrestling as well, we were talking about it a couple years ago, and we were both committed. And somebody said we were wrong, and we looked at some bitch up on YouTube, and we were wrong. But the, the, you missed the most important thing. What's that? He ripped that vintage WWF magazine in half. He did. And I was. I used to have I would that. Love for a copy of that right now, a nice crisp copy of that WWF magazine. Yeah, you might be able to find one on eBay or or Craigslist. I don't know. But, um, yeah, he ripped it. Is there a problem here? I don't think so. Ripped it in half and threw it down. I think I've seen it more than once. I'm going to be honest with you. After that, I don't remember the match. They had a match. I'm assuming they had a couple matches, you know, just kind of dividing them up and separating it. But that part was kind of boring. Shawn Michaels obviously won that battle. Uh, He he survived that breakup. Uh yeah, I think Janetti's chilling on Facebook with his monkeys. Mustafa, and, uh, we gotta get, we, we gotta get Marty Janetti on the show. Any, that is if anybody out cool. there has the hookup with Marty Janetti, is uh that might he, he might want to be a guest. You can uh, tweet us at uh, BSW Report on Twitter, or you can hit me up at Brian Rampa on Twitter. Steve, what's your Twitter handle there? It's the same as my Xbox Live name uh, at Darned Buffalo Fifty Five. That's the best Twitter handle out there. You, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. But um, I, I was looking at the, the clock, and, and Izzy the Super Pooch is telling me to take her outside. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much going to do it for this week's episode of uh, the BS Wrestling Report. Brian and myself sincerely want to thank all of you for listening. And like Brian said, you can follow us on Twitter. If you didn't hear him, hit rewind and listen to it again. Um, so we'll see you right here next week on uh, the good old BS Wrestling Report. Deuces. Cut it. <laughs> Cut it. Service says one more for the good guy.